0: You are listening to a sermon from Emmaus Church LCMS. For more information, please go to www.emmauspasco.org. Abundant grace and mercy and peace are yours this day, in Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. So it's Reformation Sunday, marking the anniversary of the posting of the 95 Theses and the door, Wittenberg. Often we focus on the three, what called the three solas. Sola scriptura, scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone. I want to focus on three things also today, but not those three things, although we'll we'll end there. But I want to focus on three words, three words. And they're found in our epistle reading, which I I mentioned is um, a great expression of, of the gospel, as Luther pointed out. But it's rather dense reading, Galatia, I mean, Romans chapter 3. And I'll just pick out a few of the verses here from 21... I'll start there. You don't have numbers, but it's a, it goes like this. Now, the, the, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For this, there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Now that's pretty, pretty thick stuff to listen to and to, to sort through. But what I'd like to do today is focus on three words that are here. Redemption, and I appreciated the dramatic pause before the word. When we came to propitiation, a word you probably used five times this past week. I'm joking, and and justification. Now, I don't want just to be a word study, but I've in my studies of this, I've just found this so helpful, and it's, it's stuff that. Is not original with me. I found it and I don't want to share it with you because it's helped me so much. And I, I'm praying that it is of help to you as well. So, first, redemption. Redemption. It's, a, it's the price paid to bring one out of slavery. Redemption. Now, back in New Testament times, when a person was uh, deeply in debt and they didn't have and they couldn't see their way through it, they didn't have uh, bankruptcy laws. And so what was done was that person really became the slave of the person he was indebted to for all practical purposes. It's not like a you know American slavery and all that completely different. It was that everything they did contributed to that Master until that debt was paid off, and so it's, there's no freedom for that person until that time. And that that's how they work those things out. And you know, we have similar kind of thing. If you're in, under a great huge amount of debt, you know, you don't feel free, do you? Now, I mean, that's kind of all you can think about is is um, is a heavy heavy load of debt. But Paul uses this word not in a financial way, but to talk about the the debt of guilt, the guilt that weighs upon us. Now we're used to that word, but you know in our culture that's kind of a no-no word. Oh, guilt—that's so old-fashioned. You know, don't give me the stuff about guilt. We're past that. But if you think about it and push a person on a little bit help them see that they don't, they're not the person that they could be. They'd probably agree to that. And hopefully they'd agree that um, uh, they don't live up to their own standards of their own life. Well, that's another way of saying, we're guilt, we fall short. So there is this weight that we have we all know we're not what we could be, however you define that. But you know we can be kind of enslaved to other things too. Um, to kind of justify our life, you know. I, I um, uh, if you remember the movie, this is decades ago, um, Chariots of Fire. Um, there's this Harold Abrams character who is just kind of obsessed about uh, running fast. And somebody said, what, what? Why are you so obsessed about this? And he says, I have 10 seconds to justify my life. But other people feel this too. You know, I've got to do this to justify my life or, or that. And that, that makes me you know, a person I can hold my head up. You know, that, that too is a kind of a slavery. But Paul talks about redemption. The redemption, his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's in him. It's in the person of Christ. Hold that in mind. We're going to get back to that later on. But now I want to talk about everyone's favorite word, propitiation. Now this is in the King James, it wasn't in the NIV. The NIV made it into uh, put forward as a sacrifice of atonement, just because nobody knew what propitiation meant. We get the ESV, it's back. That's what I'm reading from, the ESV, propitiation. The dictionary says it's like pro pity, if that helps any, to make favorably inclined, to appease. That's kind of the dictionary definition. But the idea is Jesus turned aside the wrath of God that we deserved. Jesus turned away the wrath of God that we deserved. He propitiated God's wrath, in other words. This idea of God's wrath, totally unpopular in our day. You know, that is so medieval. That's so ancient. We've we've gotten past that, Um, haven't we? You know, that's that's kind of the notion. So it's hugely unpopular. But what I want to share is some things I've found that really helped me Get a hold of this, and so I'm sharing it with you. First, great love makes you and me capable of great anger. Right? Think of it. If you have a loved one whom you see consistently making terrible decisions that are wrecking that person's life, you get angry it, it's a it's an expression of love you you get uh, great love makes you capable of great anger but our world will say oh, I just want a loving God a loving God <clears throat> but but we get angry at someone we love when they're making things that just they just tearing them their life apart right before our eyes. And I I just found this since I just this is a hold your applause. Um, I haven't spread it yet. I'm sorry. I, I found this so helpful. Anger isn't the opposite of hate. I mean anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is and the final form of hate is indifference. Let me try it again. Anger isn't the opposite of love. Anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is. And the final form of hate is indifference. And we don't want a God who's indifferent to sin, do we? Think of all the you know things that happen, the horrible things that our sin in the world and the destructive nature of sin. We don't want a God who's just kind of indifferent to that. Do we? That would be terrible. And somebody said this, a God who is not angry at sin is not worthy of my worship. See, a God who is not angry at sin is not worthy of my worship. So great love makes you capable of great anger. Secondly, think of, think of God as judge. People don't like that notion either. But God is judge. He's holy and righteous. And he determines right and wrong and good and evil. God is judge. And we talked about God's anger here. But God's anger is not crankiness, crankiness. It's his settled opposition to evil. It's not just he's irritated at it or something like that. Now think of a courtroom here in our own system. There's there's a man standing here. It's the end of the trial. The jury has declared... Come to conclusion he's guilty we don't want to judge who jumps off the bench takes his gavel and starts hitting the guy and say you are such a bad person i am so mad at you no we don't want that we want a judge who makes the pronouncement of guilt see we don't want just a cranky judge who had a real bad day and he, can't handle himself, and he jumps down and thumps the guy. No, nor do we want indifference. We don't want an indifferent judge in the courtroom. Who, yeah, you did that. Well, okay, whatever. You're guilty. No. You, you you see with this this propitiation, God is judge. And God is angry, but it's not a. It's not a just a peevishness. It's not just crankiness. And a third thought in this propitiation. It's, it's from a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer from uh, a Lutheran pastor in Germany, um, martyred at the end of World War II. <coughs> he says this in one of his writings forgiveness is always a form of suffering. Forgiveness is always a form of suffering. So think it think in our own experience. Um, somebody hurts your reputation, what do you want to do? I'm going to fix that person's reputation. I'm going to start talking about that person. Or, um, um, you know, person says something mean to you, you say it back. Well, all those kinds of things that we, 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 we just go back at, what, what happens? Evil wins right? Evil wins because it just becomes a, a circular type of thing. Or we can just go cold, but then, that, 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 then evil conquers us. And forgiveness is always a, a form of suffering where the, 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 the injustice is absorbed. So see the cross of Christ in this light. Do we want a God who just overlooks sin, just kind of ignores it? No. Do do we want a God who um, uh, just dishes out forgiveness? No. What happens? God bears the sin, bears it on the cross, through the sacrifice of Christ, the blood shed for us. (laughs) Now, again, that's a turnoff for many, too, this blood stuff and like that. But let's think about what's going on here. And it, it makes us think about the doctrine of the Trinity. which is beyond our comprehension, but we want to come back here to look at it. God is three persons. God is one. God is three persons. God is one. Now, we we might think in terms of the father is angry and the son appeases him, but it might, might be helpful to think of it as God himself in Jesus goes to the cross and pays what must be paid, absorbs what must be absorbed, the cost that must be paid. It's God himself who suffers for us and for our salvation. Paul in Acts chapter 20 talking about the church of God which he, God, obtained with his own blood. The church of God which he, God, obtained with his own blood. God himself suffering on the cross. It might be, if that's a, a helpful way to get this rather than uh, angry father, son appeasing, to say there is only one God. It's God on the cross. God giving himself for us. It's the essence of Christianity. See, sin is us substituting ourselves for God. Salvation is God substituting himself for us. taking our place, propitiation. Now let's talk about justification. <clears throat> it's only found here in a verb form, but um, I like the shun words, kind of gets it, keeps it together. Redemption, propitiation, justification. Verse 28, for we hold that no one if we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law now we naturally focus on pardon and forgiveness that's at the, that's that's the heart and core of the christian faith and that's why we celebrate the restoration of that message pardon and forgiveness absolutely but justification reminds us of another aspect that comes from that Somebody said it this way <clears throat> in, in forgiveness, the word is kind of, you may go, you may go free. You're, you're let off from the, the guilt and punishment that should have been yours. You, you may go, you're let off. Justification says, you may come in you may come in, you have all the rights and privileges of one who has been given great, great status. And God says, you may come to experience all my joy and my presence. See, forgiveness is sort of a negative, no penalty for you. That's been removed. Justification, You've been bestow- bestowed upon you as a status. You're a daughter of the king. You're a son of the living God. And you, and you, and you, you, get, you get the status that we have. It's incredible. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. We, we sang about it in our hymn, our first hymn. <clears throat> Glory be to him who bought us, made us kings with him to reign. Did that thrill you when you sang it? No, you you know, it doesn't register. We have to stop a minute and made us kings with him to reign. See, it's a status that we're given. It's justified sinners. It's a beautiful thing. See, the the cross, the, the act of crucifixion by the Romans is all about shame and dishonor. It was for the lowest of the low, just... Garbage people would be subjected to that, in their opinion. And the and the and the criminal was stripped naked. We don't, you know, you would not think or talk about that much, just because it is so revolting. But that's part of the punishment that that shame and dishonor that they would experience, and that right there for everybody it's a public spectacle. It's horrible, and that. Slow death. Well, now think of Philippians chapter 2. It goes something like this. I'm paraphrasing. But Christ did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a human, taking on the form of a servant, and becoming obedient, even obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. Down, 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 down. End of story? No. But God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see that? See the trajectory there? Bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. His status in all of the universe is the one who has conquered death. Ninety-eight times in the New Testament is a little phrase in Christ, referring to us believers. In Him, or in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus, we are in Him. Ninety-eight times. And we even have there, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. See, we are in him. And so, what he has, we have. That's what we're saying. Glory be to him who bought us, made us kings with him to reign. That's our status. Justified. It's not that we just kind of slink out the door with our sins forgiven, dodge that bullet. Well, yeah, we do dodge a bullet, but we have the status, sons and daughters of the living God. So think think about that status thing. Um, Have you ever talked to somebody and you might maybe ask them, are you a Christian? And they said, I'm trying. Ever have that happen? Have you ever asked somebody, "Are you married?" And they say, "I'm trying." No, because you either are or you aren't. See, it's it's a status that we have in Christ that we rejoice in. We are justified, and if we can see that and lay hold of that and rejoice in that, it warms our hearts. It makes all the difference in the world. Instead of trying to justify ourselves, well, I'm you know I'm I'm trying to be be good. I'm trying. Not to do that, or you know, get rid of the justifying ourselves. All that Christ has done, we can say it's for me. And you can say it's for me. I say it for me. You get the idea. There's a gospel song that comes to mind when I think of this: there's power in the blood, power in the blood to give us a status. So this is a message that's found only in one place. It's only found in Scripture. It's not in the Hindu documents, Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita, that stuff. It's not in the sayings of the Buddha. It's not in the sayings of Confucius. It's certainly not in the Quran. It's only in the scripture. Scripture, that's why scripture alone is our principle. Because that's where we find that it's all of grace it's grace alone grace alone it's gift so what can we do but with empty hands just by faith trust receive believe it's faith alone that grabs hold of it let's pray Oh, dear Lord, I I didn't want this just to be a word study. I pray that you've used it to help us see more clearly what you have done. It's your doing, your working, your plan, your commitment, your action on our behalf. All praise be to you. I pray that each of us might be be touched by this reality so that we'll live with boldness and confidence and, and gratitude and joy as justified people, propitiated as redeemed. We thank you for the good news that we celebrate this day and always. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This has been a message from Emmaus Church LCMS. We thank you for listening, and we invite you to find out more by visiting our website at www.emmauspasco.org. That's www.emmauspasco.org.